Hey there, everybody. This is Michelle with the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. And today I just want to talk to you briefly about charitable contributions and what needs to be done to make sure they are properly recorded so that the donor can properly report them on their tax returns. Let's just jump right into it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I'm an enrolled agent and church finance consultant, and I love all things Jesus, church finances, business, and books. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of church finances and minister taxes, along with how to serve the local church as either a staff member, volunteer, or through your own bookkeeping business, all while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen to take some notes because we're going to learn all kinds of stuff about church bookkeeping, payroll, compensation laws, tax compliance, and I'll probably throw in an occasional episode on faith and mindset work too. So if this sounds like fun to you, then come on, let's get ready to learn. Hello again, and welcome to another episode where we help you stay on top of important topics for the church finance office. As you know, I believe that note takers are history makers, and there is nearly always something you can take notes on. So let's get started after this wonderful quote from Mother Teresa. She says, we know only too well that what we are doing is nothing more than a drop in the ocean. But if the drop were not there, the ocean would be missing something. I think that's just really cool. So we are going to jump right in with some tax code. Section 170 of the Internal Revenue Tax Code states that a charitable contribution shall be allowable as a deduction if it is verified. The IRS requires that all single contributions of $250 or more be substantiated in a written receipt, which basically means if you donate in a single donation $250 or more to a charity, that charity is required to issue you some type of written um, acknowledgement of that receipt. However, those who make contributions of less than $250, such as giving 50 bucks a week to your local church, are required to provide their own substantiation in the form of either canceled checks or a copy of the front and back of the check, a credit card statement, a bank statement, or a receipt or letter from the church showing the church's name, the amounts, and the dates of the contribution, or a pay stub or W-2 if made through a payroll deduction. So what all of that means is if you're cutting, if you're giving your church less than $250 in a single donation, it is up to you to make sure that you can prove the amount that you gave or Also, churches should be issuing contribution statements. No, they are not required by law to issue annual contribution statements only if there's a single donation received in the amount of $250 or more. But it's just really nice. And it also, um, it's helpful to your members because it takes the burden off of them should they get audited of having to prove that they've donated the money. And it's also a fantastic way to remind your members or your donors of how much they're giving. Tax Court Memo 1994-539, Witherspoon versus Commissioner. So in this case, a taxpayer claimed $3,500 in charitable contributions to her church on her tax return. She got audited for whatever reason. The IRS denied the deduction 
because she could not provide sufficient evidence to prove the donations were made. She made them all in cash, okay? And therefore, she didn't have a canceled check to show. It didn't show up on the bank statements. It didn't show up on a credit card statement. And the church did issue her a statement, but the statement said that the taxpayer payer made contributions of $3,500 total to the church during that year and, quote, through tithes, offerings, and love donations. Well, that did not fly. The court agreed with the IRS that the lady failed the substantiation requirement because she had no personal proof to show that she made the donations and the quote-unquote, this is what the actual tax court said. They said the letter from the church is very general and provides no information as to how and when contributions were made. The evidence presented does not satisfy the court that she made the contributions in the amount claimed. So what does that mean? That means that the church, when you issue a contribution statement to your members, there are certain things that need to be included in that. That needs to be the church's name should be on a letterhead. Then you need the individual, the donor's name. You need the date the donation was given or received. You need the amount that was given. If it's either by cash or check, put a check number, you know, online giving, you can put online giving, whatever. But that information needs to be given on a donor statement for it to pass IRS regs. So for the taxpayer, unfortunately, she just, she bombed this, okay? She, what you need to do as a taxpayer is, is she should have paid by check or by credit card or online with so many people given online now. Online is a wonderful way to do that. And it will, even if you're doing an ACH transfer of cash from your bank account to the church's bank account, that still, there's a record of it. There's an official record of it. All right, and you used to could actually tithing envelopes. Um, you know, you would have the name, the amount, and then you would either write the check number or cash on there. In times past, that actually could be used to verify, but not anymore. The IRS changed it up, and those are no longer allowed as a validation for the donations. As a taxpayer, you need to keep a copy of your giving. You can either keep a folder or a file for all your donation records, label it, and keep it in a safe place. Uh, for when you're ready to file your taxes. And I know a lot of people, this isn't even going to matter because due to the IRS's standard deduction, 80% of taxpayers in the United States don't even itemize anymore. All right. So it doesn't make a lot of difference for most people unless you are an incredibly generous giver in the high dollars. But even though it may not make a difference on your federal return, I have many clients who it does make a significant difference on their state returns because the standard deduction for the state is much lower and those charitable giving can help tremendously with that. Keep a file with your donation records in it. Uh, make copies of all your records to keep in there and consider using online donation platforms that provide receipts for your donations automatically. Those are wonderful. So those are some things that the donor can do. Now, what about for the church? Again, even though there's no IRS regulation that requires churches to issue a statement for contributions less than $250, 
The responsible thing to do is to issue regular giving statements for your members and regular attendees. Had the church actually issued a giving statement that included the name, the date, and the amount, this would have totally been a non-issue for this lady. So even though she couldn't prove that she had given this $3,500 to her church, the court did believe that she gave some giving, so they gave her like $400 credit for charitable giving. But again, if it depending on what her other uh, itemized deductions were, it may or may not have made a significant difference. For our, my churches that I do consultations with on charitable giving, this is my recommendation. Do a quarterly or at least semi-annual contribution statement. The reason I say this is because one of two things are going to happen. Number one, you're either going to find that your taxpayers are going to say, oh, is that really all I've given? I need to up my giving. And they're going to increase their giving. Or number two, when you can also find missing donations that people actually thought that they had given more. Um, we actually had, where I was on church staff, found checks that the donor swore up and down they gave to the church. They never made it to the church because they slid down the side of the couch and were inside the couch. And until they received their contribution statement, they had no idea that that check was missing and that they were actually sitting on that check every time they sat on their couch. Okay. But don't just send a contribution statement. Send a contribution supplement. And by contribution supplement, do something like, do something on a church letterhead. And on this letterhead, put, thank you so much for your contributions the first six months of the year or whenever you're timing this or for the first quarter of the year. And then say something like, because of your generous giving, we were able to, and then do some bullet points. We were able to send 12 kids to children's camp. We were able to help supply vacation Bible school for 54 children. We were able to purchase 100 Bibles and send them to Honduras. We were able to help remodel or build a wheelchair ramp for one of our senior adults. Give practical examples of the way that the church is using the funds that are giving so that your people have a buy-in and they really believe in the mission. They're not just blindly throwing money into the plate each week, but they're aware that, hey, this is cool. I'm giving money and it's actually going to help XYZ or, you know, whatever it may be. But it really does. It has been proven that doing these on a more consistent basis and including this contribution statement supplement has actually helped to increase giving. And we definitely want that for all of our churches. And that's going to be it for today. This one is going to be short and sweet. But the main takeaways that I want you to get from this is that if you are a taxpayer, either pay by check, credit card, or do online giving. So you have a verifiable, or you can also use uh, pay deductions so that you have a verifiable and substantiation receipt for your giving, okay, according to the IRS. Or if you're a church, do the contribution statements, list it out, date received, amount given, and the name of the giver. 
and that will ease up all of this. So until next time, my friend, please remember to make an impact and not just an income. And remember to always look your best, do your best, and be your best. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcast. It really does help more people to find the show, and it just blesses me more than you know. And then if you could share this episode with someone who you think it would help, that would be awesome as well. So until next time, be blessed, my friend.